Good day and welcome to Parte Glimpses Stories. Today we take a step back to recent history, to the 20th century, and a glimpse at why and how C.S. Lewis started his own Christian journey and the relevancy of Jesus Christ to his life. It may not be what you have heard it said to be. Clive Staples Lewis was born in Northern Ireland in 1898. If he ever had any Christian faith at all during his childhood, he soon lost it and was an avowed atheist during those formative years. The story we tell here is directly from his book Surprised by Joy, which tells of his journey of and to faith. He relates of his search for God, that eventually he discovered for himself that in actual fact God was reaching out for him through human reason, human experience, and intellectual honesty. And because of this, the only possible conclusion he could come to is the existence of a God or gods. And we start his story in the chapter check on page 136. As a schoolboy, I had destroyed my religious life by a vicious subjectivism which made realizations the aim of prayer, turning away from God to seek states of mind and trying to produce those states of my mastery. He continues in the chapter Checkmate on page 180. Really, a young atheist cannot guard his faith too carefully. Dangers lie in wait for him on every side. You must not do You must not even try to do the will of the Father unless you are prepared to know of the doctrine. All my acts, desires and thoughts were to be brought into harmony with universal spirit. For the first time I examined myself with a seriously practical purpose. And there I found what appalled me. A zoo of lusts, a bedlam of ambitions, a nursery of fears, a harem of fondled hatreds. My name was Legion. And he continues on page 181. If Shakespeare and Hamlet could ever meet, it would have to be on Shakespeare's doing. Hamlet could do nothing. God was pursuing Lewis, and it was all on the initiative of God. Amiable agnostics will talk cheerfully about man's search for God. To me, as I then was, they might as well have talked about the mouse's search for the cat. Now we move to page 182. Doubtless, by definition, God must be reason itself. But would he also be reasonable in that other more comfortable sense? Not the slightest assurance was offered me. Total surrender, the absolute leap in the dark, were demanded. Now, this demand was simply all You must picture me alone in my room at Maudland College, night after night, feeling, whenever my mind lifted even for a second from my work, the steady, unrelenting approach of him whom I so earnestly desired not to meet. That which I greatly feared had at last come upon me. In the Trinity term of 1929 I gave in, and admitted that God was God, and knelt and prayed. Perhaps that night the most dejected and reluctant convert in all of England. The hardness of God is kinder than the softness of men 
and his compulsion is our liberation. Many writers and speakers conclude that this is Lewis's conversion to Christianity. You may have heard it that way, but it is not. It was simply his conversion from atheism to theism. On the very next line, in the very next chapter, the beginning, on the very next page, page 184, Lewis writes this. It must be understood that the conversion recorded in the last chapter was only a conversion to theism, pure and simple, not to Christianity. The God to whom I surrendered was sheerly non-human. And he continues, My conversion involved as yet no belief in a future life. I now number it among my great mercies that I was permitted for several months, perhaps for a year, to know God and to attempt obedience without even raising the question. He continues on page 186. As soon as I became a theist, I started attending my parish church on Sundays and my college chapel on weekdays. Not because I believed in Christianity, nor because I thought the difference between it and simple theism a small one, but because I thought one ought to fly one's flag by some unmistakable overt sign. I was acting in obedience to a sense of honour. Thus my church going was a merely symbolic and provisional practice. If it, in fact, helped to move me in the Christian direction, I was and am unaware of this. Then, ultimately, we come to C.S. Lewis's conversion from theism to Christianity. Writing in the final chapter of this book, on page 188 to 189, he writes... I was by now too experienced in literary criticism to regard the Gospels as myths. They had not the mythical taste. As I drew near the conclusion, I felt a resistance almost as strong but shorter-lived, for I understood it better. Every step I had taken from the absolute to spirit and from spirit to God had been a step towards the more concrete, the more imminent, the more compulsive at each step one had less chance to call one's soul one's own. To accept the incarnation was a further step in the same direction. It brings God nearer or in a new way. And this, I found, was something I had not wanted. I know very well when, but hardly how, the final step was taken. I was driven to Whipsnade Zoo one sunny morning. When we set out, I did not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and when we reached the zoo, I did. Yet I had not exactly spent the journey in thought, nor in great emotion. In this story, C.S. Lewis has moved from atheism to theism to Christianity, each a natural stage in the development of his faith. We get a glimpse of a great God calling people to see himself as he truly is, a God of unmistakable joy and of relevancy today. If this has helped you, please do make a comment and let us know. www.partakers.co.uk and we would love you to visit us. Thank you.